Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Football.com and a DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. Guys, we're less than a week away from the NFL draft, and the Browns still don't have a first round pick. It's like the draft isn't even about us this year. <laughs> For once, that's Sam Stompy Lane. They're putting fluoride in our water to control our minds. Oh, that's what that's there for. That's Don't Call Me Colin, Connor Allen. The Broncos are going to draft Drew Locke and I might cry. I am, yes, yeah, for sure. Man, this is going to be a Bronco-heavy podcast. I like it. I am John, three-year itch, Hogan. This is a Super Flex Super Show. That's right, we brought in Connor Allen. That's at Connor Allen NFL. From Roto World and Quant Edge, Move the Line podcast to to help us out with this episode, and and uh, I didn't actually realize this, Connor, but uh, so uh, yet another Bronco fan on here, huh? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm slowly kind of rescinding my fandom and have threatened to like you know almost like give away my stuff. I'm not going to be one of those guys who burns it, but it's just these consistent moves that have just driven me deep into becoming more of a hate fan at this point than an actual fan. <laughs> that's that's kind of a, all of our existence i suppose what what uh what move could the could the broncos make in uh, next week's nfl draft that would uh start to pull you back in a little bit i think that if they drafted tj hawkinson would be an awesome move or a really good linebacker that would be awesome um it would it would keep my faith in place for a little bit longer if they draft one of the quarterbacks in this class that isn't uh, Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins, I'll be pretty upset. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, okay, let. How about this? One point oh one. Uh, for uh, in the NFL draft, what team and who and what's the pick? In the in the NFL actual NFL draft. Yeah, yeah. What uh, do you? How do you think that plays out? So I think that most likely it's it is probably Kyler Murray to the Cardinals, but. I think that it, there's a less of a chance than what people are projecting right now. So I think like right now, betting markets are looking at Kyler Murray as like a really, really heavy favorite to be number one overall. But um, I, he would be a little bit of an outlier for Steve Kime and the Cardinals organization in terms of what quarterbacks they've picked before. And I think that a lot of the uh, hype for Murray going to the Cardinals was driven by Cliff Kingsbury's video, you know, saying that you pick him number one overall before he was even the coach. Uh, so, I mean, coaches don't even have like the final say, it's just like an opinion, one opinion that the decision makers use. So I think that it's like probably closer to 50, 50 or 60, 40 that Murray picks is goes to the Cardinals. So I still lean towards that, but I think that there's a decent chance that he does not end up there and that either the Cardinals trade down with someone like the Raiders or 
that they just pick a, a strong defender. Nice. All right. One last question for you before we uh, get into it. What do you do for the NFL draft? You got any plans? Right now, not really, to be honest. I usually just like, uh, especially when there's like the first NFL Sunday, I usually just like order some wings, um, maybe have some friends over, you know, just like chill, have some beers, usually bet like a good amount on the draft because it, the draft is so unreal slow, man. It is just like so much, so slow and all these like old, old dudes talking on TV and I don't really care about most of their analysis. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, I have to like mute half the, the half the TV. So it's pretty, it's pretty rough most of the time. So honestly, I'm just there for the picks uh, and usually just chill out for day one, day two. I usually, it's, it's tough also to watch all that, but I think in this class, especially like this year, this is where a lot of the fantasy relevant guys are going to come, come into play. So I'll probably be more attentive than ever on day two. Beautiful. I love it. It, it the draft has just turned into such an event for everybody. So I always, uh, I always like to ask what everyone's got going. Uh, so we've got something going actually. I, I should, uh, I should segue into this real quick and, uh, but I'm going to let James and, uh, and Sam kind of talk about our plans for the NFL draft. Yeah, super excited, man. So all three days we are going to go live. The Superflex Super Show is going to be live all three days of the draft, day one, day two, and day three. So starting Thursday, we're going to go live. We're going to be on most of the day on Thursday. We're also going to go live Friday. Normally, uh, we're planning on starting around round three um, on Friday and uh, and going live then. We're going to have guests. We're going to have live reactions to picks. We're going to have the fantasy impact for those guys. And then Saturday, day three, I'm really looking forward to because that's when we're holding our mock draft. Uh, we're going to do a super flex mock draft. As soon as the draft finishes, you're going to get the the first. We're, we're going to provide pretty much the first super flex mock draft, rookie mock draft, uh, that is, um, uh, of the year because we're going to do it right as soon as the draft ends. So um, really looking forward to that. We got a lot of content. Uh, Stompy, is there anything you want to add? Uh, you're going to actually be able to see John and James's pretty faces, which <laughs> is like very rare. So I'm pretty excited about that. And well, we're going to have a lot of, they what, never, what? they wouldn't get to anyways. I mean, this is, it's a, it, normally it's just a podcast. No, no video anyways. I but. know. So it's extremely rare. <laughs> yeah everybody yeah. should be excited about it uh and really yeah some very very cool guests coming on uh so please just come watch us bullshit about football and we'll have the live chat going so that we can interact with all of our awesome listeners and uh we're definitely going to do that we're going to take some listener questions and and address some listener comments as well so uh we're uh we're we're definitely going interactive for that thing it's going to be a lot of fun so let's get to the 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 real meat of this week's episode. And Connor, first of all, we gotta thank you for being here, man. Uh, thanks for you. You also jumped in on really short notice. Uh, you're you're a brave man, and uh, uh, we really appreciate it. But I think that we've got a topic here that's gonna really fit. You know what you've kind of been working on. I know that you've been pretty focused on this year's rookie class. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to add a little bit of context to, you know, because what, what tends to happen is sometimes people kind of give up on, on their second year players a little too early 
We know that there's a career arc for every one of these positions, and they're not all the same. Some some positions take longer than others to break out. We also have kind of seen a, a the value of 2019 rookie picks starting to drop a little bit as people kind of view this rookie crop as being you know relatively weak. And the other thing that we're seeing is the 2020 rookie picks that the values just shooting through the roof as everybody anticipates a particularly strong class in 2020. So what we're going to do is we're going to combine all three of those classes together and we're going to rank them all. We're going to do a, essentially a, a, an NFL style draft here. So just to, just to kind of, gauge values a little bit and and start to put this into context a little bit so <clears throat> excuse me so here's the format i'm going to take the 2018 class i'm going to be i'll nominate a player uh for each pick we'll start at 1.01 and i'll nominate a player from the 2018 rookie class then connor's going to nominate a player from the 2019 rookie class and either james or sam is going to nominate a player from the 2020 class and the other one whoever doesn't nominate is going to be the judge they're going to decide which of those three players uh gets the highest ranking and we'll just move down the list and we'll get as far through this as we possibly can so that we can kind of put some values to these players and put them all together i it, the judges are going to have a kind of an interesting dynamic to to deal with here because i think that i i i hope i'm gonna i'm gonna campaign a little bit here which by the way is going to be fully encouraged that and table talk um just no collusion that's that's pretty much the only rule here but it, you, i think that you guys probably have to weigh the fact that the 2019 class is still a week away from from getting nfl jerseys and that 2020 class is, you know, we're a year away from having any idea where they're going to be playing and what their situation is going to look like. So I assume that that's probably going to affect the values, but to what extent, we're going to find out. Did I do a good enough job of explaining that? Does it? Yeah, makes get... sense to me. Yeah, that's good. Yep. I'm, I'm no, going right. to base this purely on skills, so I don't really care about jerseys right now oh man okay all right well <laughs> you and you and i'll have our uh our weekly battle i'm sure um but i think that i've got a pretty distinct advantage in this for the first couple picks and i think that i mean a big part of it is is you know certainly skill comes into play but i think a big part of it is the fact that these guys are on NFL rosters and we've seen them perform. So let's jump into this. And my first nomination for you guys, man, I, I was tempted to go quarterback here, partly to mess with Sam and partly because this is going to be a super flex format. Let's also give it a tight end premium just to just for fun full PPR. Um, so in a super flex, it was awfully tempting to go with, Baker Mayfield, but I've I've got to stick with my rankings for one thing, and uh, and go with Saquon One is going to be my nomination for one hundred and one. Yeah, you knew better. 
You knew better. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Don't you worry. So what do you think, Connor? Who's who's your 101 nomination for the 2019 class? Oh, um, I, in a super flex, I'm probably going to have to go with Kyler Murray. And I think that just the way that his skill set translates to, or should translate to the NFL should be fantastic, especially for fantasy purposes. He's got that konami code ability as rich rebar likes to say um so i think that he should rack up a ton of points rushing the ball and if he's on the cardinals his pairing with cliff kingsbury in their air at offense should be fantastic regardless of if they're a good team or not uh, i think that um murray should put up just tons and tons of fantasy points uh and then super flex especially i think that he's he's pretty ideal towards the top of this draft especially with a few more questions towards some of the other guys in the 2019 class but it is tough to beat out saquon I'll let you go, James. I'll let you okay. go. Okay. Okay. I was gonna say I'm, I'm, I wasn't sure how we were gonna do this. So, um, okay. So yeah, I, I'm gonna go with uh, Tua Tagovailoa, and I'm gonna he's quarterback out of Alabama. Um, Tagovailoa is just I mean he's he's right now in in Superflex he's considered to be the favorite to go 1.01 in most Superflex mocks. Um, he's pretty much got everything you're looking for. So um, yeah, I, I'll go chalk here and I'll, I'll go with Tua as as my uh, uh, as, as the guy that I'll put forth from the 2020 class here. So, yes, we're a super flex podcast, and I'm going to use a very cheesy line here. There is one generational player that was nominated here. And it's, and, and I know Josh Hermsmeyer is going to love that phrase. Uh, and it's Saquon Barkley. I get it. I, I don't know if you can make an argument that two is better than Baker. As much as I don't like Baker, I, I shouldn't even say that. I, I like Baker fine. I just don't think he's a top five quarterback right now. But I, I don't know if you can make that argument that two is better than Baker. And Saquon, you can make the argument that he's the best running back to come out of college probably in the last four years. Yeah, probably longer than that. Thus, the generational talent part. So, yeah, it's got to be Saquon is Saquon one hundred one. Saquon one. I can't. I can it, never figure that out. There it is. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. So, I I don't know if you guys are going to alternate or what, but we might have just dodged a major bullet here because so now I've got to renominate a player. And I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield for my nomination for 1.02. Easily the best quarterback out of this, out of a relatively strong class last year. And uh, he's already kind of shown out. And I I mean, value wise, perceived value, which, you know, equals at this point, that equals actual value in our dynasty leagues right now. I, I mean, we've seen, we're seeing people ranking him as the quarterback one quarterback two overall in a super flex. I'm certainly not there. I mean, he's, he's not quite top five for me even. Um, but in terms of the quarterbacks who are available between last year, this year and next year, uh, I I'm, I'm pretty confident in Baker Mayfield. So I'm, he's going to be my nomination here. And then, so I guess you guys don't necessarily have to change your nominations if you don't want nope. to, but sticking with Tua, Connor, do you want to stick with Kyler? Yep. Oh, man, we got a three-way battle at quarterback. Who's it going to be, James? 
Oh man, dude, this is brutal uh, for me um, because I mean, I, I yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty much with Stompy as far as Baker's value goes. I mean, he's fine. I, I'm just not sold that I'm taking him top five quite yet. But none of these guys have proven anything. Um, so basically, it's just it's just kind of based on talent. Um, and I guess I'm I'm I. I guess I'm going to go Baker. And the reason being is because we know his situation. It's a positive situation and he's going to contribute right now. So that's a tiebreaker for me. Um, just on talent alone, I, I'm really high on Tua um, and, and I'm not as high on Murray. So um, on talent alone, I'd probably wing Tua, but just with the situation being what it is, I think it's going to be difficult if Tua goes 1.01 or one, uh, the, you know, the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Um, for it to be a better situation. And then with Kyler Murray, too, I don't see him landing in a better situation year one either. So uh, I'm going to go with Baker just for that reason. So, uh, John, John, the 2018 class has the first two picks, man. Nice. And I think I might have just ran out of my luck. But Stomp, did he get it right? Yes. I The I, I guess the thing is, Tua, I mean, Tua, as good as Tua is, he's still got some questions. Kyler still got some questions. They're no no doubt they're all three very talented quarterbacks. But yeah, I mean, I think Baker's pedigree probably says more to me than the other two. That makes sense. It does. It does. Okay. And that's that's yeah, that's totally fair. All right. So like I said, I think I just used up my two trump cards though. And uh now I think I'm living like everybody else. Number three, man, I really, I really hate to do this. I would, I would really like to go quarterback here uh, for my nomination at 1.03. But realistically, I, I think that Nick Chubb belongs in that conversation far more than, you know, a Sam Darnold does. So we're, we're going to go Nick Chubb here as my nomination at 1.03 up against I assume Kyler and uh, Tua are still going to be the the nominations here as well yeah I, I might end up being a little handicapped here with my class that I that I have kind of realizing this now I'm like uh, well <laughs> you know, not even at fault of uh, your judging because all the all the analysis is really fair I'm just like yeah I probably wouldn't pick Kyler Murray here either so this is kind of just the fall continues here so yeah, we're, so I guess we are kind of finding out that, I mean, just looking ahead a little bit, we might be finding out here that this 2019 class ju is just as weak as advertised. I mean, even when Kyler does come off the board, it, it's it, it's going to be a while. But I think it's, I mean, I got to think at some point those wide receivers start to catch up with, uh, with the other two classes. I don't know. I yeah, I think landing spot's going to be huge, too. We're going to find that out soon, and, and that could change a whole lot of perspective on that 2019 class as well. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Tua, too, so uh, I'm going to stick with him, Stompy. So it looks like you've got a decision to make here. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember my love for Nick Chubb. Uh, no. I He, to me, is the best pure running back of the 2018 class and really of the last three seasons. Wow. And I'm taking Nick Chubb at 1.03. Oh man. Yeah. I'm, I'm cleaning up here. I Yes, I, you are. I, wow. Dude, <laughs> I that, I mean, that, that class, one. that class was the 2018 class was one of the best we've seen. I mean, it wasn't 
there weren't a ton of wide receivers, but you had top end talent at wide receiver. You had DJ Moore, um, you had Calvin Ridley. While while you might argue that like Nikhil Harry uh and AJ Brown and maybe another is above Calvin Ridley, you still had some very good wide receivers, but I mean it was running back deep, it was quarterback deep. The only one that it really lacked the only um position it really lacked was tight end, but even then you had like Herndon, Ian Thomas, who have shown out. Um so yeah, I mean the 2018 class, it looks like is one of the best classes we've seen in a long time. Man, interesting. I so I had no idea how this was gonna go, by the way. And now I think these decisions are gonna get tougher and tougher. I, I'm kind of just going off my rankings at this point and it's it's awfully close. It, it feels so dirty that I'm going to nominate a third running back here out of my first four nominations. But I'm going to go with a guy who didn't even play last season and he's still ranked high enough in my overall Superflex rankings that I think he gets a nomination. We're going to go with Darius Geis and the idea that he has his breakout season just a year late. I hate that a lot. Do you? I do. <laughs> who do you who do you like better there? Um, that's tough. I I mean Rosen probably. Really over over Darnold and, and oh, yeah. your, your boy. Well, I I I mean Rosen for me last year was my QB one. I thought he was the most quarterback or sorry most uh pro ready NF, nfl ready yeah. um, and he just was thrown into an awful situation um but like i said i'm trying not to use the jersey right now and just more based off of skill and i i mean i would have thrown rosen out there if i were you but that's that's my rankings mm-hmm. what about right, you guys. Connor? like who connor who would you nominate here it does get a little tough right in this area yeah, I think that's tough. I think like any of the quarterbacks probably for me in super flex, um, I think that Sony Michelle's fairly viable as well. Um, but it's it is tough. I think that like right after um after Saquon and Baker, there's a pretty big teardrop for me. And while I think like Chubb is a good player, um, I don't know. I'm I think that he still falls in like this next tier of guys here. I do I do expect Rosen to bounce back wherever he goes. I like I like Sam's thoughts there. I, I was pretty high on Rosen, and I still think that he'll be able to succeed. I mean, he just had he had pretty much no shot last year. So I think that anyone who's judging him like that he's just a terrible player needs to go back and look at Trubisky, needs to go back and look at Jared Goff the past few seasons, and then realize that with the change in surroundings and an upgrade in talent, he could be more than fun. All right, guys. So so we we've got we've got John's nomination. Stompy, are we staying with uh, with Tua there? And uh, I mean, yeah, he's he's still the. I mean, I I might not have started with Tua, but I mean, I, I kind of got to stick with Tua at this point. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be Tua as as the only thing, person we've nominated thus far. Yeah, what what about you, Connor? Are you sticking with Kyler at this point? Yeah, I'll still stick with Kyler Murray. <laughs> Well, I tell you what. Before I before I I make my decision, Connor, sell me on on why Kyler should be the pick here. Give me your best sales pitch on why Kyler should be the guy here. 
mind right. you, mind you, James thinks that Drew Locke is the best quarterback in this class. Exactly. Or maybe, or maybe uh, Daniel Jones. I'm, I'm no. a hard sell. No. All right. So <laughs> um, from a pure from a pure passing standpoint, um, I think that maybe you can make a case for someone else. But Murray is so electric with his legs, and that's what we care about. This is a super flex fantasy draft. This is how how quarterbacks score fantasy points. Um, kind of what I talked about a little bit before when I was introducing him, like uh, Murray, like quarterbacks who rack up points with their legs, while they may not necessarily be as pretty of like actual passers on the field all the time and may not get it done in a more conventional NFL way, like they score more fantasy points. And it's it's a, there's a big study that was done by Rich Rebar. It's like that's what he coined the Konami code. It's basically that quarterbacks who run are able to average more fantasy points because it gives them a higher floor and also gives them higher ceiling if they're able to do that. And then you're looking at Kyler Murray, who has legit like open field ability and the offense that they're playing in should be not necessarily great, but just kind of the style that they're playing with is different. And I think that that's really important in uh, in the NFL. You saw, you've seen other people come in with college schemes like Chip Cowley and um, – and other and other court coaches come in who are able to just do something different. I think that's important in the NFL. Defensive coordinators don't really know how to exactly react, so I think that that gives Kyler at least a little bit of an advantage. Um, Christian Kirk, I expect to bounce back. He's good. He's one of the best pass catching backs in the game, assuming that he gets drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, obviously. Um, and in David Johnson's a great pass catching back. Um, Larry Fitzgerald's kind of a ghost at this point, but um, he's still there. So I, I do think that there's there's some room for Kyler Murray to be able to put up put up pretty significant numbers in his first year. I, I legitimately think that he can put he can be like a fringe quarterback one as a rookie, uh, just solely based on his rushing ability and being able to just throw like long touchdown passes occasionally. So I wow. want to I, I want to jump on this bandwagon real quick because I so I kind of think that this pick is probably a two man race. I think I probably took myself out of it. I, I ran out of bullets here, uh, at least for the moment. So I, I'm I'm guessing this is going to come down to Kyler versus Tua. And I, I like I said earlier, I kind of think that, I mean, to me, time matters. You know, the fact that you're going to get a full year of Kyler before Tua even, even makes it onto an NFL roster is, is also, you know, that that's a factor for me as well. And I do... I wonder if that factors in at all for you guys. Um, I know that I, I I get it as far as the talent for, with Tua. I'm also curious about this, and this could be very overblown. It's 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 pretty nitpicky, but I think it's kind of important when you're when you're weighing two quarterbacks who are you know they're they're awfully close, you know, on the tail of the tape. So Tua left-handed quarterback that's that's kind of a tough fit for nfl franchises that changes a lot of what you do across the offensive line uh it changes the you know the the spin on the ball for the wide receivers I, does that does that I, it, it, is that a legitimate concern to you guys or is that just kind of just uh, conjecture or i i think that's conjecture i think you're Yes, you're going to have to shift some things around, but a good coach is going to be able to do that. The I think the trump card for me on Kyler versus Tua is that Kyler they they bet they have similar passing stats. They completed 69 nice percent of their passes last season. Um 
Kyler threw for more yards, Tua threw for one more touchdown and one less interception. But the trump card is that Kyler can run. Tua didn't run last season. He had 190 rushing yards. Kyler had over 1,000. He had 1,001 rushing yards. So the guy can make plays with his legs, and he can throw the ball. I mean, you know my love for Lamar Jackson. When when a guy can make plays like that, he's going to win you games. I'm not saying two is a bad quarterback because he can't run. I'm just saying that the trump card for me is that Kyler can run. He's also a better passer, I would say, than Lamar Jackson. I know you might not agree with that, but I think that he's he's a like pretty significantly better passer than than Lamar Jackson, but like probably like fifty to seventy five percent of a runner, but still really fast. Like yeah, you know, like an explosive. And then if you expect the Cardinals to suck, like. You saw what he did against Alabama when he was playing from behind. Like that was one of the best defenses in, you know, the country. And he racked up just tons of rushing yards because they had to throw to get back into it. Like if he's not able to find guys open, even eventually he's just going to rack up rushing yards, which will help him score fantasy points. So I'm not even like sure in love with Kyler Murray, the talented quarterback. I'm in love with more of his ability to score fantasy points. Man, okay. Well, I, I t- this is I, I'm almost put in a position to kind of at least defend Tua a little bit here. Um, I think Tua is, is the more talented passer out of the two already, um, and I, I I just feel like the touch that he puts on the pass uh, on on passes is something that Murray doesn't do. Um, I feel like he did it against better defenses. I mean, he wasn't playing in the Big Twelve, um, where I mean, defense is kind of a rumor. Uh, so I. I feel like Tua is honestly. If I was going to draft one of these guys, I think I would rather have Tua. However, like John pointed out, man, to me and and Connor, you made a bunch of good points too when when you were trying to sell me on Kyler because I was starting to warm up to him for sure with with some of the points you were making as far as you know I the Arizona landing spot. I'm still not sold that he ends up there, but you, you brought up a, a bunch of good points with you know kind of how we can make those yards with his legs and and what he can do as far as running the ball for fantasy purposes. So that to me is very important. Um, and John really is, is the one that made the best argument to me, at least for that spoke to me was man, the, the time difference, you know, I mean, I could have a full year of Kyler and if he does have a great year, I can turn him into the pick that could, you know, become two up plus some, you know, so the, yeah. fact that, the fact that I could get Kyler Murray now, um, is is going to is, is is what wins me over. So I'm going to take Kyler Murray here, and I never thought I'd say that. Wow. Tour, but I'm gonna do it. Nice. We well, we had to, yeah, we had to go with the full court press, but it worked. Yep, it was worth it. We we pulled it off. Perfect. <laughs> we changed it up a little bit. Thank God. I don't like John. I don't like having John win anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, you had to just sit back and and not only watch me dominate this thing, but like be the one to think, rule in my face. Hold on, I think you chose. Well, actually, I know why you chose him because you don't know anything about rookies. But yeah, I think you just chose 2018 because you knew how dominant of a class it was. I I uh, honestly I didn't know that it was going to be this dominant up against 2020, but I mean yeah I at the end of the day it is my ignorance but um the, for once that ended up being a a a strong point of mine so yeah and if he was really smart he would have made my decision a whole lot tougher and he would have taken Connor's advice and nominated Tony <laughs> Michelle my guy 
That would have oh, no. been Oh no! Oh, if tough. you no, if Sony you would have picked Tony Michelle there, I would have booted you, dude. You just took Nick Chubb over two quarterbacks in a super flex league. I did. Come because on, you want to know why Nick Chubb is a because you have talent. irrational love for Nick Chubb. It's okay. I, do. I have that for but Sony. he's also one of the he's also the best pure runner of that class. So okay, all right. Well, well I, I feel like the. I feel like the judges are telling me something here, so I am gonna flex here. I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot away from Darius Guy, so I'll, I'll revisit him later. I'm not going with Sony Michelle though, and Good. I'm not going Good with Josh you. Rosen either. I, I, but I am gonna go get the quarterback position. I'm gonna change my nomination to Sam Darnold. To me, he's the number two quarterback out of the 2018 class, at least you know so far. I think this that is, we. This is how I know you don't know anything about rookies. <laughs> Uh, because <laughs> he's not a rookie anymore. Are you telling me I don't know anything about a a, se- a second year veteran now? No, I. You don't know anything about young players. You think Aaron Rodgers is, is the QB one? That's that's all I need to know about. Oh, he's he's so the QB one. He's gonna be so okay. good. All right, he's gonna be so good. All right, be- uh, hey, I'm I I derailed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just keep talking. He's gonna be so good. I'm done, I'm done with Aaron Rodgers. We're we're moving on with this <laughs> the rookie draft. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, I'm stick. I'm going with Sam Darnold. I really don't care. He's he's awfully close to Darius Geis in my Superflex rankings, anyways. And I think that it, this Superflex draft is gonna start to tilt towards the quarterbacks a little bit. So uh, I, I think that Sam Darnold gives me the best chance to compete with some of the guys that you guys are going to throw out there now. And I guess Connor needs to make another uh, nomination here too. Yeah, that's just tough because I think that the there's like three wide receivers that I could nominate here between Harry, Keem Butler, and DK Metcalf. Uh, personally for me, my highest rated before the draft – is Nikhil Harry. So that's who I'm going to nominate. Um, I think that he's just a good all-around wideout with probably the highest floor among all these guys and still a really high ceiling depending on his landing spot. I think that Yahoo Sports' Matt Arman suggested a role similar to Juju Smith-Schuster being ideal for Harry because he kind of struggles sometimes to separate against like press man coverage. So if you're able to line up him in the slot like around 50 to 60% of the time, and obviously he can play on the outside as well. It's just not exactly his strong suit compared to playing in the slot, which is just naturally easier. I think that he could he could potentially be, you know, like a wide receiver too as a rookie, even if he lands in the right spot. And I know that's kind of bold, but I think the talent's there. And uh and he he's a good he's a really good player. I mean, even if he lands in a bad situation, I'm still confident that he'll be able to produce. So he'll be the next guy that I'll I'll uh I'll suggest for this. All right, Stompy. Let's, let's let's get on the same page here, man. No, I, I it's Tua. fine. This isn't Tua. even close. It's Tua. Oh man. All right. Yeah. Um, like I, I like Nikhil Harry. I he kind of reminds me a little bit of DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is a better route runner. Uh, and Nikhil Harry's more of a. I I can't even say more athletic because I mean DJ Moore is extremely athletic, but he's a better jump ball type yeah. receiver. Uh, yeah. And then Darnold, like I, I, I like Darnold. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's even, I don't, I think he was QB three for me in this class last year. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not close here. It's Tua. I want to see you spell this out by the way. 
John. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna write his first name. Okay. <laughs> Which is all I, we've been I, saying. I still, I, I still might get it wrong, but I get it. You got yep, it. You got it. <laughs> good, for, good for you, John. <laughs> <laughs> I was sweating. <laughs> that was that was that was a close one. So before we get started on the next one, I want to say I am really intrigued on who Stompy's going to pick in the 2020 class next because we kind of rolled with Tua, whether that was a mistake or not, by me throwing him out first. Um, but either way, the 2020 class after that is pretty loaded. So I'm I'm really interested to see who yeah. Stompy's going to throw out and to see if either of you guys are going to pivot from your uh, your picks from from the last round. So the, yeah, this is going to be this is where it starts getting really interesting, guys. I think. So John, you're sticking with. Uh, yeah, Sam yeah, Darnold. yeah. I'll stick with Darnold. Sorry, I'm over here trying to spell to his last name. It's, <laughs> it's not going great. It's a very humbling experience. Uh, but copy and paste it when anytime I have to use it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the way I can't even it. say it. It's the trick I, I learned from blurbing is like you can't misspell that shit. So you just got it. You have to. <laughs> Literally, that's like your only option. So, yeah, I had to do that with Jimmy Garoppolo for like, I, I mean, I, I ended up writing like three articles about him before I finally got the spelling down. <laughs> All right. And two is going to be way worse. Yeah. So, but yeah, I can spell Sam Darnold. And uh, so I'm going to stick with him. Okay. And Connor, you're sticking with Nikhil Harry? Yeah, I think I'll stick with Harry for now, unless anyone's got like you know a, a DK Metcalf uh, hard on over here or anything. Nope. <laughs> nope. Right, well then, Hakeem right. Butler though, but yeah, I mean, I, but I'm not a judge, so it right. it means nothing. I I offended I offended John earlier today saying Hakeem Butler might go to the Ravens. I would love him there. Yeah, that'd be so gross. I, yeah, um, I, I love Butler, and but it's still that would be a really good fit. I'm sorry. No, it would not. It would for it would be perfect. It would for Baltimore. Maybe not for Harry, but it would for Baltimore. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, anything is better than oh, what Jaleel Scott. That's pretty much what they're looking at. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of nothing. Um. So I'm gonna. <laughs> you ready, James? Drumroll. I'm ready. Uh, I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift, I think. Oh, very nice. Very uh, nice. Yeah, he's just he's just another in the long line, or, or the I guess maybe not long, but the current line of Georgia running backs that have just been dominant. I mean, the dude can do everything, and he's extremely quick, and he can catch the ball, and I just – he's he's right up there for me with Gurley, with Chubb, with Michelle. Wow. Note to self, DeAndre Swift is a running back. <laughs> yes, he is. So you're not going to get him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I don't know. He holds up in rookie drafts on the running backs. but um, Yeah, that's always the goal for sure. Man, th this one's uh, – man, this is tough for me because, again, talent-wise, DeAndre Swift's my guy. I, I would take him here. But, again, you know, that – it, it starts to even the playing field a little bit when you look at a guy like Sam Darnold, who in a super flex, you kind of know his role, you kind of know where he's at. And then you look at Nikhil Harry, and this is a guy who, you know, we, we kind of know is is going to be drafted to, to probably start and contribute right away. And that's someone you can get something out of right away. My problem is that now that we're getting closer to the draft, we're starting to hear that, you know, there might not be many, if, if any, you know, first round receivers taken. And if there is, I'm hearing a lot of like 
Hollywood Brown going or something. And I, I don't, I don't know how much I believe that, but either way, I don't, I don't know if the draft capital is not going to be there for these receivers, how much I I'm going to trust their early production. So that scares me a little bit because I think Harry would be on even playing field for me. So I'm, I'm going to take Deandre Swift here just because his talent is insane. This guy's a, a five-star recruit going into Georgia, Georgia, is loaded at the running back position and Swift might be the best one that they have even over uh, Zeus, the Zamir white that they, they brought in. So I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Swift here. Um, mm-hmm. I feel bad going with two 2020 guys back to back, but uh, I, I, I think that's mm-hmm. the guy here I take. So I, I'll just say something about the draft capital um, thought you had. I, I think a lot of people forget this is a very, defensive heavy draft too there are a lot of good defenders in this draft and a lot of them are going in the top 10 i mean we're talking uh, nick bosa uh, ed houston josh allen yes a different josh allen um good josh allen yeah good yeah, josh can allen this, can this one through i i don't know um but yeah i mean this is just this is a super heavy defensive draft too and I think a lot of people have seen over the past few seasons that dominant defenses help you win more than dominant offenses. So, yeah, I, I mean, we have to keep that in mind when trying to talk draft capital here. Uh, so if even if we only see in, in and I swear if Marquise Brown is the only wide receiver taking them the first, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not yeah, responsible I, for my actions. Yeah, but I mean, Nikhil, I mean, even if like a guy like Nikhil Harry is taken to the second, that's still fantastic draft capital for a team. And he's going to likely be very involved from the get go. So just, just keep that in mind that this is a defensive heavy draft. There are two sides of the ball and draft capital may be diluted a little bit here. Not to mention special teams. Yeah, did you guys see that uh, they did like a poll of NFL scouts and executives on like their draft evals? It's pretty much like all over the place. Like we've seen, we've seen uh, like multiple analysts who work closely with NFL teams basically say that like they have Hakeem Butler as like their number one guy. We've seen people have Hakeem Butler, you know, like not even inside their top ten wide receivers and and outside their top sixty overall players. Um, and then they they released that poll and it was like. He was eighth overall behind like Debo Samuel, Riley Ridley, Paris Campbell, like like tons of guys who you would think that Keen Butler would be over. This is going to be, I I have no idea where Keen Butler is going to go. I, it, he's a guy where I'm just like totally lost on draft capital wise. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I didn't see that, uh, but uh, but that really is interesting. Could you imagine? And and it happens every year. I mean. It, you know, there there are guys that you think are going to go in the second, third round that end up falling to the sixth. Last year, a guy who I thought was a mid, you know, a, a late day two, maybe early day three pick was John Kelly, and the guy didn't go till the sixth round. Um, and, and so I, it, it happens every year where there's a guy or two that just fall, you know, way below where you kind of thought they'd go. Could you imagine if Akeem Butler gets drafted below a guy like Riley Ridley? Like, I that. That would be mind blowing to me. That's how that's how big of a difference I have between those two prospects. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I it, it would be interesting if that did happen. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I'm, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, I, it's like Evan Silva tweeted out like the um, 
he tweeted out like their their rankings but i mean like i have butler in my top three and i don't even have riley ridley in my like top 30 rookies so you know i would definitely have to reconsider things because i'm missing something if if he's drafted ahead of Keith butler there yeah agreed agreed same here um all right guys so let's let's move on we we got the next round here and uh uh, so, so John Connor, um, are you guys going to change your guys at all? Are you guys still sticking with uh, Darnold and Harry, respectively, or do you guys want to mix it up a little bit? I'm uh, probably sticking with Harry. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> after throwing so much Akeem Butler shit, I can't even give that a good shot anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I might. I'll, I'll stick with Darnold for one more round. We'll see how this goes. If he doesn't start making some progress, though, he's he's getting the hook. Huh. Well, I'm going to mix it up a little bit um, because this the, the 2020 class is so heavily – I mean, the running backs are really um, considered to be, you know, the strength of this class. But there's a receiver – there's a couple of receivers I really like. But the guy I'm going to go with is Jerry Judy. He's a wide receiver out of Alabama, and um, I really like his game. I think he's uh, extremely talented, and I think he should be the first wide receiver off the board. So um, I'm going to put him out there, and I think uh, this is going to be an interesting decision for Snoppy here. It is. Um, God. I really like Jerry Judy. I just think that you can make an argument that uh, Chenault is better. God. And I, I don't want to pick Darnold here because – yeah, actually, I do. Or I'm gonna go with Sam Darnold. Yeah, doesn't it feel I, good? Regardless, regardless of how I I ranked the QBs last season, Darnold's very, uh, very talented, uh, and he's got great arm strength. He just had some issues with his his feet last season. Came or or, or sorry, in college, came back after an injury and looked a lot better at the end of the season than he did at the beginning. So. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sam Darnold here, I think. Nice. All right, got my fourth one off the board. So uh, I'm actually going to I'm gonna nominate DJ Moore as the top wide receiver out of last year's class mm. and uh, start trying to see if, see if I, he can hold up against the top wide receivers from the next two classes. I think, I think Connor's in trouble here because – <laughs> yeah, this is I view tough. I view Harry as a poor man's DJ Moore. <laughs> oh no! All right, so I'm gonna switch it up. Um, you said tight end premium. I'm gonna go with uh, I'll go with Noah Fant. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. Is there is there a tight end in the 2020 class that's gonna come anywhere near the top three in this 2019 class? Nope. Not not yeah. in my eyes, no. I, so no, nah, this this 2019 class rivals 2017, and it probably is better on, on the top end than uh, the 2017 class. So Connor just found his unfair advantage. He's got he's got three tight ends who just absolutely dominate, and it, otherwise there's a complete scarcity at the position between these these three classes that we're talking about. I mean. I, it sounds like probably next best is Chris Herndon, something like that. So yeah, I mean, there's a it's a pretty big drop off. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So Stompy, now it's on you, man. And don't be afraid to mix it up. You you know you mentioned Chenault. He's a fine receiver. Tons of running backs to choose from. Who are you going with in this 2020 class? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just this this class I think is just running back heavy. I like I I think Chenault's good. I mean, I Chenault Judy are fantastic, but I just don't think you can rival like the top four or five running backs here. Um, I'm gonna go with see, and now I can't even pick one of the four. Uh, I'm gonna go with Travis Etienne, but yeah, you can't go wrong with Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins either. God, the 2020 class is so loaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As of right now, it is, man. Those those running backs are. Um... So we've been we've been talking about this kind of a lot lately. I want. Are there really going to be that many jobs available to them? I I mean, you know, like a, a premium type of job where, you know, they get to walk in to a, a, a workhorse situation, kind of the way, you know, guys like Melvin Gordon and then Ezekiel Elliott and um, Saquon Barkley, you know, all the, all these guys got to, got to walk into, I, I don't see that many jobs available. Well, so you, you also have to take into account the actual talent that exists, right? So right, right now, Tampa Bay doesn't really have a, a running back that's going to watch it. Watch it. <laughs> I like I like Ronald Jones. I think Ronald Jones is, is fine. Like I think he's a good bite low, but do you really think he's gonna block out somebody like Swift, like Etienne, like no, Jonathan no. Taylor, Cam Akers, JK Dobbins? I mean, we right. can't even keep going. Yeah. AJ Dillon, Eno Benjamin, like mm-hmm. I mean, Tampa Bay, Chicago right now. Do you is Mike Davis going to be is Mike Davis going to be able to block a, a, pl- a guy from winning that job? Like there's just not a lot of safe jobs out there, I guess. I mean, Jacksonville's another one because with Leonard Fournette and his issues, he's not that fantastic of a running back that he's going to block a guy that's a, th- a legitimate three down back and a better all around player. Yeah. Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's, so there's, there's just there's a ton like I only view like maybe 10ish jobs as safe so we're talking about uh CMC in Carolina, uh Kamara, Gurley, um Ezekiel Elliott, probably Melvin Gordon cuz I would imagine that they're going to sign him to a pretty big deal especially if they're going to have a rookie quarterback sooner rather than later uh probably cincinnati joe mixon's a a fantastic um running back three down back nick chubb is probably safe uh saquon like it's just there's only like probably 10 ish that i feel spectacular about and that they're going to be safe everybody else i think can get beat out yeah, it's, it's it, it'll be interesting come that 2020 class to see. But I, I do think some of these guys may end up in timeshares to start their career. But um, I think talent-wise, they'll end up winning out. But, uh, okay, so I, I, I've got a tough decision here, guys. Um, a, another tough decision here. But I, I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm trying. I, I've been trying to fight my heart on this one, but I'm not going to. I'm, I'm going to go with it, and I, I don't care if it's a homer pick. I'm taking Noah Fant. I absolutely <sighs> love Noah fan tight end premium makes a big difference. Um, so it's not, not too much of a reach with a tight end, but um, man, I, I just think Noah fans going to be the next great tight end. I mean, I see this guy being like 
I think there's a legitimate shot that this guy is a really, really good, maybe even Hall of Fame caliber tight end when all said and done as far as his receiving ability goes. So I, I, I'm going to take Noah Fant just because I like him so much. He's probably not ranked as high as some of the other guys that I could have chosen here, um, but I, I'm going to take Fant. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, like I said, I think that uh, that Connor may have, have, found, have found his way in here with uh, with the tight ends. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely the unfair advantage of the 2019 rookie class, I'd say. Yeah. I, so I'll say this about Fant is that while I, he is not my favorite tight end here, I think Hawkinson is just because he's going to be on the field 90% of the time when he gets into a situation where he's going to be the starter. Fant is probably the one that makes the biggest impact first, just because he's that move tight end. They're not going to line him up on the line all that much. Not that he's a bad blocker, but he's just a fantastic route runner and he's super athletic. And they're, I, I could, I view it a lot like Ingram versus Najoku uh, or Ingram versus OJ Howard, where Ingram had the more impactful rookie season. I think that's where Fant's at. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely possible. He should uh, he should make an impact pretty pretty much right away. I think that he'll probably be selected at some point in the first round. I'd bet probably in the top twenty picks. Hopefully, it's a team that knows how to use him correctly and doesn't just like put him in the block or anything the whole time. Uh, that's also a worry for me with T.J. Hawkinson. I I think that Hawkinson's going to see the field like right away, and that he should be like a day one starter, but I'm a little worried that if he goes to a team that is a little bit more old school, that maybe he's just in line to block all the time. He's not running as many routes because I do think that he has the upside, but um, his blocking ability is outstanding as well. So uh, that, that will be my next recommendation. There will be TJ Hawkinson. I think that he, he is an awesome tight end. And I do, I think that him and Fant are super close and that like, it's pretty much right now, depending on landing spot, I could flip flop the two after the draft but both are super talented both different and could have significant roles like right from week one so i think we're getting a little long in the tooth here right so probably should move a little bit faster yeah that's the guy that said I, i'm the guy that said that relax yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> i've been waiting so long to be the one to say that um so i'm sticking with sam darnold uh connor's got tj hawkinson and uh, so are you guys, uh, James, are you bouncing back to uh, to Jerry Judy or are you going uh, <laughs> sticking with it? It was Judy, right? That was your pick. Yeah. OK. OK. Just making sure I had that right. Or are you sticking with uh, Etienne? Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to bounce to a different running back. And the reason why I'm going to do it is because if he, I, I'm going to give this away a little bit here. So um, it's Jonathan Taylor and. Yes, I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. And the reason why I'm going with Jonathan <laughs> Taylor is because I'm hoping you select him because I, I don't know that I can fight the urge to select him if you put him out there. So I'm, I'm going to put him out there until you select him. So I'm just, I'm just throwing Jonathan Taylor out. so much. And because the man crush is a powerful force. Yes, oh, my gosh. I don't know that I've had a bigger man crush on a Debbie prospect ever. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember hearing a story about – you traded something pretty pretty heavy for Jonathan Taylor. Was it Saquon Barkley by any chance? No, uh, it was it was Zeke for a package of him and a very little else, and I got made fun of. And then I won that That's league that year, so um, right. I got the last laugh, I guess. But yeah, 
yeah, no, it was definitely, it was a, a, a total, uh, it, it was a terrible uh, evaluation by me of value, but uh, I just had to have the guy. So I, I paid above and beyond. But uh, but yeah, still have that same man crush. So I'm throwing him out and hoping Stompy's going to take him one of these times. Nice. So I misspoke. I said uh, Sam Darnold. It, it's DJ Moore, but I am going to yep. stick with him. Okay. God. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> this is now tough for me. Um, yeah. Oh, should I stick to brand here with the running back love? I think I'm going to, I, I got to go. Jonathan Taylor, the, this, this 2020 class is just too good with the running backs. Hmm. Good enough that you're willing to wait a year. Yeah. Okay. I I'm, I'm one that I am one that, uh, said like sell 2019s for 2020s i've said that straight up um okay so how good i think this running back class is and and so that's part of what we're uh what we're trying to figure out here but so i mean just to just to really focus in on that statement just for just for a minute what's the highest 2019 pick that you would sell for a random 2020 first probably 1.03 103 for a random 2020 that yep. it, it, that no, that's how that's how deep i feel that that 2020 class is like it goes wow. well into the second round wow like the the second round players are going to be better than i i'm sure yes i'm i'm when i name the guys off we're, we're talking deandre swift etienne jonathan taylor cam Akers, lavisca chenault jerry judy jk dobbins brian edwards rondale moore cd like AJ oh, yeah. Dillon, Eno Benjamin. There's 12. And you didn't even mention the quarterbacks or Tyler Johnson's. So. Right. So, like, it's just such a deep All right. class. All right. I don't, I don't know, man. That feels, that feels like a big statement, but, uh, I've, I've made this statement before. Like, 1.01, I can't because it's just like you can get probably, a player plus like you could almost get like DJ more plus in my mind for that. Wow. And so I'm not going to sell that 1.01 for just a random 2021. 1.02. You're probably close to that. But then like this class, I just do not love 2019. Hmm. Okay. Well, and, 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 and I guess that there's two reasons for it. There's no running backs really that, I feel are going to threaten all that much unless they find themselves in a fantastic situation, i.e. Tampa Bay or, or Oakland uh, and wide receivers just take longer to, to develop. develop. So, I mean, you can trade for a lot of these guys probably that are going to go in the first for like seconds. If people are giving up on them. Yeah. I think that's, that's actually a fair statement. Okay, so I'm I'm with all that being said, I'm going to I'm going to shift back to the running back position cuz it sounds like that's kind of where we're trending right now. And uh I'm going to I'm going to jump off of DJ Moore and go with Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Sony Michelle here. I I I do have Darius guys ranked slightly ahead of Sony Michelle, but I'm going to play to my audience a little bit and just in case Sony Michelle um, gets me a little bit more traction than Darius Geist does. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go back to Travis Travis Etienne. And Connor, do you want to stick with with Hawkinson? Oh, um, yeah, I'll stick with Hawkinson for one more time. 
Mm, man, oh man, this is. I could go either way. Like any of these three players, I could take, and I think I'd be happy with the decision. My Sony Michelle love is uh, is strong. I, I think okay. So from a talent standpoint, I, I think Etienne's a better running back, and that's hard for me to say because I really like Michelle. But man, that will it just the landing spot for Michelle is what does it for me. I just feel like, and I know people are probably cursing my name right now, saying no, don't do it. New England doesn't use their running backs, but I just saw how they used Legarrette Blunt when they had him, and I saw how they used, uh, you know. It, Sony Michelle down the stretch and in the playoffs, man. And I, I just feel like, I, I feel like they're going to use him uh, a, an awful lot here in Brady's twilight years. Um, but man, Hawkinson in the tight end premium. And the, I mean, this, this tight end class for 2019 is so darn good. I would love to have all of them. I, man, ah, I, I don't know what to do. It's almost like flip a three-sided coin here. Um, I think I'm going to go with Sony Michelle, um, and that's based off of really his landing spot. Just the fact that we know his landing spot. Um, this could change. I mean, in, in a week when I find out Hawkinson's landing spot, I could say, man, I was an idiot. I would have taken Hawkinson if I'd have known, you know, he was going to be in Green Bay at 12 or he was going to, you know, like it, if, if something like that happens, I'm going to be kicking myself. But as of right now, I know Sony Michelle's landing spot. I don't know the landing spot for the other two players. I'll take Michelle. Nice. All right. Well, um, I'll uh, I'll replace him. I'll go back to Darius Geis uh, to replace him here. Um, and uh, yeah, I, like like Stompy said. I mean, we'll we'll rock through this a little bit faster here. We'll mash the gas a little bit. Um, so I'm stick. I'm gonna go with Geis. Uh, Connor still with uh, with Hawkinson. Sounds like he was close. Uh, yeah. You know what? We're gonna push through. Nice. And what do you got, James? I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep uh, uh, with uh, Etienne. I'm gonna keep him on there. Um, yeah. So, so that that's gonna be your decision there, Stompy. I'm gonna go with Hawkinson here. I think uh, I, some people are gonna get mad at me for saying this, but he's the next Gronk type player to me. Uh, he's he's a little bit less athletic than Fant, but he's a better blocker. He's probably got better hands than Fant, though. Fant is the better route runner. So I just I I think that he's one of the next big tight ends coming in. I mean, on the on the and and it's tough. I mean, you can't say things like he's on the level of these Hall of Famers, Tony Gonzalez, probably Jason Witten, uh Antonio Gates, but I mean, that's what his ceiling is. Mm, okay. Fair enough. I mean I, uh I Hawkinson's probably gonna get drafted before Fant. Mm-hmm. If that if that says i mean if you buy into draft capital which i really try not to but i mean i think i full disclosure i think hawkinson's going 10 overall so um and uh and oh, gross i would hate no no you you hope hawkinson's going 10 all three of us hope no. it's going 10 uh, yeah kind of, well i don't know i would actually like them to go linebacker but um I, luck, I'm, luck, luck. I'm sorry <laughs> i'm saying that all out sorry guys <laughs> I'm just I I'm just convinced it's gonna be Hawkinson. I don't know. It's it's kind of a gut feeling, but I think that's gonna happen. But uh, so I'll stick with Darius Geist though, going forward. And uh, now Connor gets to make another pick. All right, I'm going to choose. We'll go with Hakeem Butler. 
Yes. Love it. And we're just going to go with that tune. Yeah. Um, God, golly, man. I, I'm going to do it again, aren't I? Um, we're going to make it back-to-back for the 2019 class. Oh, I absolutely you? love yeah. I do. And, and yes. here's the thing is that I, I this, again, like to me, just based on talent alone, I would take Etienne here um, because I think he's he's super talented and he's a really good running back. The problem is, is that I, I feel like I can take Butler and I, I feel like he's he's I think he can have success, show flashes enough in the first year that if I want to move him, I can get some a pick that would get me Etienne and maybe even plus. Um, so that that's kind of what I'm thinking here is that the value of having that guy on my roster for a full season before getting anything from Etienne is, is why I'm going to side with Butler here. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Hakeem Butler. Awesome. That's wild, man. <laughs> I like, I like Hakeem Butler. I, I just love Hakeem Butler. Those, those running backs in 2020, I just, but I'm, I'm also in love with the running backs. So. Uh, yeah, Con- Connor's kind of found the formula here. Three of the last five picks have been from the 2019 class. So, mm-hmm. who's who's next up? I got AJ Brown. Oh man, nice. Oof, right. That's a lot of people's wide receiver one this year. Uh, this in this class too. It is. Yeah, I'm staying with guys, and you guys are still with Etienne. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's that's the pick here. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Etienne. I just the the running back two for me in the 2020 class dropping this far is kind of crazy to me. This this is it's a really crazy exercise. It's really hard to do when you're trying to um, when you're trying to take into account the value of the current player as opposed to having to wait a year. Because man, talent wise, the 2020 class, in my opinion, I talent wise, I they'd be cleaning up like if it was just you know everything on fair ground. But um, the fact that there is a lot of contextual stuff, and you've seen the 2018 class for a year, that gives them an upper hand. 2019 class, you're going to get a year out of before the 2020 class even steps foot. Like it's really tough to evaluate this and do this. Uh, being the judge is not a fun spot. I can tell you that much. Well, and and I think we're all we all have different. Uh processes here like i'm looking more at talent you guys are looking at more at situation all right well i'm still sticking with guys i still think at this point i don't i i don't see anybody from 2018 who uh who comes particularly close to him in my rankings i mean dj Moore, i guess is is somewhat close but um i'm gonna i'm gonna go against the grain and uh stay at running back yeah i'll probably i'll probably stick with brown for now since he hasn't he hasn't seen much uh, time in the limelight here. So uh, this is a little difficult for me. I I really like Lavisca Chenault. I'm gonna go wide receiver here. Actually, you keep coming up with names that are really hard for me to write, like to spell and put in this. <laughs> I know. In this document. I'm like, doing it on purpose. Yeah, I know. I'm. Uh, so here, here's the thing with Lavisca Chenault versus Jerry Judy. Lavisca Chenault is in Pack Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Judy is in the SEC where you're definitely facing a lot harder defenses or left a lot tougher defenses. So I, I think I'm going to go with Jerry Judy here. Hmm, man, that is tough. I, again, I, it, here's the thing with guys. The interesting thing with him is that John, the advantage, in my opinion, you have with that 2018 class is 
we have some context. You know, we have we've seen these guys, but with guys we haven't really seen them. Um, while we know his landing spot, um, that's about all we know. You know, we haven't seen him. We don't know how he's going to be used. We don't know. You know, I, I we don't really have too much of an idea on on the player he is yet in the NFL. Um, so he's kind of on even ground with some of the 2019 guys. So that to me is is what takes me away from Geis a little bit. Um, however, I, man, I, I was really high on Geis coming into the league. So he's still definitely in the in the conversation for me. I, I'm going to – I tell you what, I'm just going to go with A.J. Brown. Um, I, I really like A.J. Brown. I, I think he's a really high – he has a really high floor. I mean, he's going to be a guy who I think can feast in the slot for years. Um, I don't know that his ceiling is as high as the other two guys. I think Jerry Judy is a fantastic player, and he's going to be really, really good. And I also think Darius Geis can be too. But uh, I think that's the guy with the safest floor here is A.J. Brown, so I'm going to take him um, at this spot. Nice. All right, well, I got a campaign real quick here for Darius Geis because I, I – to me, the running back position, the key is the fact that he hasn't been on the field. He hasn't taken a ton of damage. I know that he had an injury, but it was one injury event. It's not, you know, a series of nagging injuries. So it, there's a lot more. He, he's he got just as many miles left on his tires as all of these incoming rookies. So I'm just going to throw that part out there. Uh, yeah, that's a terrible argument. What? <laughs> Oh, such a bad why, why? Well, first, first and foremost it's an acl so you're probably going to have compensation injuries this year okay uh, so maybe he misses a little time in 2019 okay that's fine but now we're talking about and this is a guy and you're talking about a t uh, uh players with short careers so what is one year in a in a four or five year time span really going to make a difference here like do you really think that's going to make a difference yeah, yeah, I do. I it's I I don't think that the that the timer starts when you become a, an NFL pro. I while I agree with you that they have that, you know, that the average career for a running back is 3.3 3 years. Okay? I don't think that it starts the second you're drafted onto an NFL team. I think that no. the timer starts when you actually get on the field and start start getting significant work at the NFL level and start actually taking those hits. That's, that's what shortens their careers. And he hasn't been on the field. That I mean, that's a valid point, but again, you're still talking about missing time in 2019 when uh, you can yeah. have guys like probably, I, I mean, I would rather have carry on right now. I would rather have uh Sony Michelle, but you, we, you've already thrown him out there. So mm -hmm. it, to me, it's just like, his situations, there, there are questions around his situation, especially when they signed a, a two-year contract for Adrian Peterson, which I don't know what the hell that was about. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it's a team that's going to be – I mean, defenses are going to know they're going to run the ball, so they're going to pack the box. And we don't know how long this is going to last where they're in a slump, on his pass, especially in the passing game. So I just – as much as talented as I think Geis is, there are other guys in this class I would rather have. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Well, actually, I, I kind of forgot about Carryon Johnson, even though uh, I'm a pretty big fan of his going into 2019. So I actually might, you might have talked me into this. So I'm going to shift to Carryon Johnson, and looks like Connor has a new nomination to make. All right. We'll go with. 
DK Metcalf. Why not? I think that, you know, he, he has as much upside as, you know, any player left at this point, even if he's a little bit raw in some areas and his agility is straight up dad runner. Uh, I think that he is, he has a lot of upside, you know, he's, he's a freak athlete uh, in terms of straight line speed and he flashes ability to get open downfield. So if he's given a little bit more of opportunity and lands in a good spot, I mean, he has upside to lead the league in receiving. Like there's no doubt in my mind that, that that's within his range of outcomes. Yeah. I'm a never, never DK Metcalf fan. Or guy. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, I'm going to swerve real quick here. Stompy. I hear um, you a lot. I, I, I am going to, I, I'm going to go running back because you seem to love these running backs so much. And, it's a loaded class, so there's a lot to love. But I'm going to go with Cam Akers. Uh, this is a guy I like a lot out of Florida State. So I'm going to nominate him and put him up against uh, Carry On, which is going to be difficult to beat, and uh, and DK Metcalf, which it sounds like you're you're not on board with anyway. So nope, yeah, that wasn't even a consideration for me. Uh, sorry, sorry, Connor. That's <laughs> all right. You got to try, right? <laughs> So the he's thing gonna. Is, by the way, he's gonna love DK Metcalf when he's a Baltimore Raider. Oh yeah, I, I absolutely will. Because the thing is, he 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 will stretch stretch the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he has like he has his uses. I just don't think when you have guys like AJ Brown, Nikhil Harry, um, Hakeem Butler, Kelvin Harmon, Paris Campbell, guys that have a lot more breadth of talent as matt waldman likes to say i'd rather have that guy though though i think if dk becomes like that deep threat much like mike wallace um much like and and maybe not so much Deshaun jackson but i mean you you get what i'm saying and he does it well he can make a very good living in the nfl so here's the i i like cam Akers a lot he's dealing with an atrociously bad line in florida at florida state it's hard to say what exactly or how exactly good he is. So I'm going to have to go with carry on here. I think even though he's, he's, he's had his injuries in the past, he can catch the ball. He's a very good runner. Um, yeah. I, I think carry on's the pick here. Nice. Got another one. All right. Um, then I will replace him. Let's go back to DJ Moore. Um, uh, I, I haven't, uh, the one thing that's that's kind of escaping me right now is the ability to sell one of the 2018 wide receivers. And I really think that it's a fairly underrated wide receiver class. So, yeah, let's get back to DJ Moore, the top wide receiver from a, a really pretty good wide receiver class. Probably nothing quite like what we've got in 2019, um, but I think it was pretty strong. I'm going to switch from Metcalf. As much as you know, you guys love him. I think I might have to <laughs> more. Um, I'll probably I'm gonna roll with I'll go with Miles Sanders. Um, I think that a report just came out saying basically that they don't think he's gonna last till even the mid or late second round, which you know gives him some good draft capital. I think that's pretty important for him and these running backs in this class in general because all of them have pretty mediocre talent. Um, some of them have three three uh, down potential, and Sanders is one of those backs. He also flashed athleticism at the NFL scouting combine. So if he lands in a good situation, I think that, you know, he's he could he could produce pretty well. It's just uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure if that'll happen. So oh, I love that one. You've been speaking my language lately. I just I, I I'm not a judge, so it doesn't matter too much, but 
Miles Sanders is man, it's it's getting it's really tempting to make him my running back one pre-draft. And depending on landing spots, I think that he could solidify that. All right. So I'm I'm debating whether I'm I want to pivot again here. I think I'm gonna go with a different running back. I'm gonna go with Eno Benjamin. Well, that sucks because I like, you know, Benjamin an awful lot and you made yourself a lot harder for me because, again, these are three players I, I like all of them. Uh, I really like DJ Moore. And I the only the only thing with DJ Moore that worries me a little bit is this year is I just don't know about Cam's health. And that, that concerns me a little bit because I think his value – I don't think Carolina has anything behind Cam that makes me excited for what DJ Moore can do in that offense with them. So that scares me a little bit, um, but DJ Moore is—I I mean, I—I I, I love his upside overall. Um, man, the other two running backs, Miles Sanders, I'm really high on. I—I I had him lower on my list. I went back and rewatched his tape, and I bumped him all the way up to second in in this running back class. And he might even be first. And like you said, uh, Connor, you made a very good point that reports are that he's going to go in the first, early to mid uh, first. It—it's it, you know what what people are hearing. So. That's really interesting, too. If he gets that type of draft capital, I mean, he's probably uh, walking into a significant significant role pretty quick here. Um, and then Eno Benjamin is one of my favorites in this class, too. Um, you kind of pulled on my heartstrings there, Stompy, when you switch to him because I love watching his running style. I think he projects to be a really good NFL running back. So being that they are all close, I'm – I'm going to go with the guy who I think is going to have the longest career. And unfortunately that's going to be the wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to go with DJ Moore, um, just based on his long-term outlook. I just feel like he's going to be good for a longer period of time than maybe some of those running backs, but man, I love both of those running backs. So that hurts to do. Sorry, miss. I was making a trade. You went, you went with DJ Moore. Did I just win? You know what? I'm not going with DJ Moore anymore. You missed. Oh, you can't change it. Man. You can't change it now. It's it's public record. It's canon. I can't believe I can't believe I pandered to John. Went with DJ Moore, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> Wasn't even like, paying attention. I was like, like, "I just woke him up from class or something." <laughs> uh huh. What? Oh my god. This this was important Great. business. I was I was I was negotiating a trade with our with our good friend wow. Shane. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. What I whatever I said wasn't important, and that's. Man, it's, of course it was you important. Are the you, said worst. That, you said that you you just said that I got it right, which is uh, I, music to my ears. It's just not quite as satisfying as pulling off a trade with Shane Manila where I get yeah, camera. Right, just put DJ Moore on the dock and let's move on. Right? <laughs> oh, I, I did. I, feel, I, I feel did. Disgusting. That's that's how you know you can't back out of it now. I, I feel so used at this point. Wow. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Who do I replace him with? Um Let's go with the. Uh, let's go back to Darius Geis, I suppose. I, I I've got to get him on this sheet somehow. Let's see if I can if I can ever push him through. We'll we'll stick with you know Benjamin, I believe. Actually, I don't. I, that's not my call, James. Who do you want? You actually read my mind, Stompy. We are going to stick with you know Benjamin. I'm gonna. I'll keep rolling with Miles Sanders. Yeah, I'm gonna go with you know Benjamin. No explanation, just because. He knows the man. He had almost 2,000 yards from scrimmage last season. Yeah, it's, he's he's so good. He is so good. Wow. Okay. All right, so who are you replacing him with, Stomp? Ooh. 
Let's go back to Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. I and I'm sticking with Geis. I'm sticking with Sanders. Come on. Come on. It's time. Yeah. It, it, yeah, Connor, it is time. Running backs. It's time for Miles Sanders, and that's that's where I'm going to go with this. Um, I like Judy an awful lot, man. But uh, I, yeah, a year, a, a, getting a year of production, that's that's going to be the tiebreaker. So I'll go with Miles Sanders here. Love it, man. I hope he gets a landing spot that justifies that. I'd be so happy. Um, all right, so who are you replacing him with, Connor? Um, I will go with. It will mix it up a little bit. Super flex. We'll go with Dwayne Haskins. Nice going QB. I'll uh, I'll stick with guys. See what happens. I, I mean, there's got there's got <laughs> there's got to be a point where Darius Geis is actually worth something. He was the number two consensus number two overall in in virtually every format. Yeah, you're not talking to a guy that had him number two, by the way. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna right. mix, I'm gonna mix it up. I'm gonna go with Chenault, and the only reason why I'm gonna do that. What? <laughs> The only the only reason why I'm going to do this is because if you really are upset with John, you get to make him spell that name, the first and last name on the doc sheet. So <laughs> I, I, I'm giving you I'm giving you away just to just to <sighs> let him mutter under his breath all sorts of curse words. Yeah, you, you're really you're tr- really trying to extract some uh, some revenge there. The guy plays his home games less than uh, about 20 miles away from where I live. And I still know virtually nothing about him, including how to. But that that name, in all fairness, that's <laughs> that's that's something else. I'll 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 spare you, and I'll go with Geis here. As yeah. much yeah, I think I think it's about time for for the fourth best running back in the class. No, the <laughs> fifth best. Sorry, fifth best running back in the class. Nice. Okay. I I mean. I feel like that's probably the stopping point now that we got him through, but uh, it's, I'm going to leave it. Let's, let's get it. Let's get through two, two rounds. Okay. Connor, do you have time for five more picks? Yeah, I got time for five more picks. We can do it. Nice. Okay, cool. Then I will replace Darius Geis with, uh, to me, he's still the quarterback three out of the 2018 class. Let's go with Josh Rosen. I will change my selection to David Montgomery from Iowa State. I know I'm I'm way higher on him than a lot of other people are just because I think his skill set transfers well to the NFL. He catches a lot of passes. His contact balance is probably some of the best we've seen over the past few seasons. And while he wasn't especially athletic, he wasn't like uh, Alexander Holyfield unathletic. You know, he wasn't like horribly unathletic. So I think that he still has a chance to be successful in the NFL. And if he lands somewhere like the Chiefs, I think he could carve out like a really big role right away and and produce. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw him up uh, up there. Stomp, what are we doing, bud? Let's, uh, let's stick with LaVisca Chenault. Man, okay. So, talent-wise, it, it would be Chenault for me, but I'm going to go with David Montgomery. He is my number one running back in this class, and I think if I can get him for a year, that'll be kind of – well, kind of my tiebreaker, so I'm I'm going with Montgomery. I'm I'm one of the few believers. I'm with you, Connor. So we we have to stick together, brother. So so Montgomery's the pick here. That is awesome. Uh, glad to hear it. And I will recommend then Nikhil Harry again, since somehow I haven't you know thrown him back up there in a while. But 
I know I have Stompy picking again. So if DJ Moore, you know, I got poor man's DJ Moore on the board apparently now, but still, it's you know, <laughs> never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DJ Moore went a few picks before this, so yeah, it might just be Nikhil Harry time. I'm sticking with uh, Josh Rosen. Yeah, and I'll stick with Chanel Stomp. I got to go with Rosen here. Hey. I mean, we're in super flex. He's still a very talented quarterback. So, yep. And mm-hmm. since it's super flex, I'm going to stay at the quarterback position and go quarterback four. I, I, I actually do think that he's very close. And in fact, I by the by the start of the season, Lamar Jackson might be ranked ahead of Josh Rosen for me. It's going to kind of depend on how the rest of this offseason plays out as far as you know, what they put around those two quarterbacks, but Lamar Jackson's a nomination here. And uh, so Nikhil Harry, are you sticking with him, Connor? I'll stick with Harry. We'll go with, we'll, we'll still, we'll stick with Chenault. Yeah, it's going to be my pick here. I'm going to go with Chenault. Um, I, I really like Lamar Jackson uh, and I like his upside an awful lot. And I know Stompy does too. And the reason why I passed on him is because if you're going to renominate him, I have a feeling he's going to get selected next. So I think I could take Chenault here and be okay with it. I like Nikhil Harry an awful lot too, but there are some questions at his game that kind of have me concerned. Um, I think, Connor, you brought up a good point. He, he might be best off in the slot early, and uh, and, and, that, and that's okay if he winds up with the with a decent team. I think Chenault's a guy who can kind of do it all. Um, I really like watching Chenault and, and, and the way he plays. So I'm going to take him here, even if I have to wait an extra year. Um, someone better check my spelling on that one. Uh, I'm, uh, but meanwhile, I'm going to stick with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's not close. It's got to be close. <laughs> no, it's not close. <laughs> not, I mean, phonetically, it's, it's correct. Good. Yeah, phonetically, but, but it's still not close. How how far <laughs> off is it? It doesn't even start with a C. But <laughs> it's L A V I S K S H E N A U L T. Okay, so that was so that was close. You act yeah. like I used it like some some like a soft J or something somewhere in there, like a like a silent. X or something. No, you were just in love with the letter C in that one. Yeah. That's... <laughs> All right. You, you may as well not pick. I'm just going to say Lamar. I'm going to say Lamar Jackson here. Yeah, not a guy that I could suggest that you would pick from this 2019 class. Yeah, it, it was going to be Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured. I'm, but, I'll, listen, I'll pass. I'm gonna. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm gonna. This is going to be my soapbox this year. This guy has the highest ceiling of the 2018 class among quarterbacks. He's probably got the highest ceiling outside of Patrick Mahomes of the past three classes. Wow. Jeez. I I didn't even know that that's what I was nominating. That's uh that's kind of above and beyond, but okay. Um good enough. So I'll replace him. We've got one more pick here and uh I would love it for for this to be an a total dark horse. So I'm going to sneak in there with Philip Lindsay as my nomination. Ooh, all right. Not ooh, that's terrible. You're terrible. <laughs> Why? Why? Who's who's better of of the guys who are left? That's a valid point. Thank you. Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, that's true. I've got Lindsay ranked ahead of all those guys. Ugh, that's terrible. I like Lindsay a lot, so I'm I'm okay with it. But go go ahead, Stompy. 
Now, Stompy, I, here, real quick, before you nominate, I'm just going to say, Jerry regardless Jones. of who you take, we 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 kind of dropped the ball here when it comes to nominating quarterbacks in Superflex, and it just shows how strong this class is at running back and well, receiver, though, right? So, yeah, so basically what it comes down to is the 2018 class was extremely strong, top-heavy uh, in terms of quarterbacks. Like, I think there are some very good quarterbacks in this class. I mean – you have Jake Fromm. You have Justin Herbert. Uh, who else is in here? Well, we already had two ago. Um, yeah, but but yeah, I mean. Uh, uh, so I mean, it's got some very good quarterbacks, but it's like we're comparing like the one of the strongest classes we've seen in a long time with what was it five quarterbacks in the first round mm-hmm. versus one. <laughs> one really deserving quarterback in the first round of this in the 2019 class. And then Herbert and Fromm have their questions. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I like Fromm an awful lot. I'm just going to go on record and say that, but, uh, but no, you're right. I mean, it, it, there's definitely a step down, but man, we only nominated one quarterback out of yeah. all these picks um, and it just shows. Yeah. Like the, the rest of this, this class is pretty strong. Yeah, we forgot JT Daniels. Oh wait, no, he's he's a he's twenty one this year. Yeah, him and Trevor Lawrence are going to be yeah. coming out. So yeah, I mean, while while I think the top three of the twenty twenty class are good, I just don't know if you really match the QBs of the twenty the top QBs of the twenty eighteen class, and then Kyler Murray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus right. the amount of talent that. Like this, this could be a multiple episode podcast because really the amount of talent that exists specifically between 2018 and 2020, but then you throw in like the tight ends from the 2019 class, plus a couple of the top end running backs and wide receivers. It's tough. Like the amount of talent that exists right now is tough. We might have to revisit this actually after the uh, NFL draft. I I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, and we'll see if anything changes in the top twenty-four, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll expand upon it from there. So yeah, I've I've got Philip Lindsay. Um, are you sticking with? Uh, you're sticking with. Um, you had Nikhil Harry, is that right, Connor? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I'm gonna just you know I'll go dark horse as well. I'll throw Irv Smith in there instead. I like that. Oh, oh man. man, that's, that's gonna be good. tough to beat. Yeah. Uh, God, I'm gonna put Cam Akers in there. Oh boy, oh boy, this is brutal. Um, oh man. Okay, so my thought process on this is, uh, I, I like Philip Lindsay an awful lot. My my whole problem with Philip Lindsay is I just, I don't know how much I trust the role for him moving forward. Um, and that's the scary part is, you know, do they try to force feed Royce the ball at all or what? And I hope not because Philip Lindsay looked to be the better back to me. And I think he earned um, the line share carries there. Uh, but I, that just always scares me. You know, it's going into their second year. We'll, we'll kind of see how they, they use those guys, but I really like Philip Lindsay's talent. Um, but I'm, I'm going to pass on him here. Uh, I, I love Irv Smith. And and honestly, Irv Smith's that guy that I think after the draft, his his stock is probably going to soar because I think Noah Fant and TJ uh, uh, Hawkinson go very early, um, earlier than some of the teams that are willing to take him on the back end. 
Um, so a guy like Irv Smith could find himself in Green Bay at 30 or New England at 32. And if he does, man, his stock is just going to soar. Um, but I'm going to go with Cam Akers. Uh, he's, he's such a good running back. I just feel like, like Stompy said, you really don't get to see his full potential because of uh, Florida State's kind of a hot mess right now. Um, but Cam Akers is such a talented running back. He's a five-star recruit there, and you can see why. I think in the NFL he's going to be – you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me a little bit of Delvin Cook. And uh, I, I think that probably gets John smiling a little bit. So um, I'm going to go with Cam Akers here. He'll, he'll kind of close out the uh, close out the second round. All right. Well, I'll run down our, uh, our final top 24 here. It went Saquon Barkley, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kyler Murray to a, I'm not even, I can't, I managed to spell his last name, but I'm not going to say it. Deandre Swift, Sam Darnold, Noah Fant, Jonathan Taylor, Sony Michelle, TJ Hawkinson, Hakeem Butler. That's the first round. And then the second round, Tra- Travis Etienne, AJ Brown, Carrion Johnson, DJ Moore, Eno Benjamin, Miles Sanders, Darius Geis, David Montgomery, Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, LaVisca Chenault. Josh oh. Rosen's the name that trips me up. LaVisca <laughs> Chenault. I got that one right. That one just rolls off the tongue. Lamar Jackson and Cam Akers. So that's that if if you put all three of the last of those three classes together, 2018, 2019, 2020, that's that's how we would draft them. Um it, it, at least, you know, in in this format where you've got a choice between three players, but I don't know that anything would necessarily change if if the entire pool was available all at once. But I am curious to see how it shakes out. NFL draft is next week. Things will change then. And like I said, we'll have to come back and revisit it. And uh, we might have to ask Connor to come back and help us out with that uh, if he's available. I know he's, he's a busy man, though. So, Connor, first of all, thank you for coming on. And uh, if you want to tell everybody um, all the all the various outlets where they can find your work, you've you've got a lot going on. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for having me on. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm definitely down to do something uh, later coming up. Um, I'll have my post-draft dynasty ranks published probably like right after the draft finishes up. Uh, so it'll be crunch time for that because I think this, you know, this draft class could see a little bit more movement than in the past. Uh, and then I also probably before the draft, I might pretty, like write up a little article on some draft props, like I was saying before, some stuff to bet on for the draft. Uh, make it a little more interesting when there's, you know, one offensive, one skill player or one uh, fantasy relevant player that isn't a quarterback coming off in the first round. So, you know, give us a little more entertainment for those who are really into fantasy. And all that's available at, at Roto World, Quant Edge. Yeah, it'll mostly the draft, the ranks will be at Roto World. And then I might do a draft uh, prop article for the Quant Edge or Roto World. Just haven't really decided uh, where that best fits at the moment. So one of those two sites probably. All that, plus you can follow him on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL, and check out the Move the Line podcast from uh, from the Quan Edge as well. So yeah, Connor, God, thank you again for coming on, man. Um, we uh, we got to remind everybody to uh, to check out the live show during the draft. We're not going to have a regular episode next week. Um, we're just going to wait until Thursday during round one of the NFL draft. We're going to go live, and then we'll do it again. On uh, on day two during the third round, and then after the uh, after the NFL draft is over, 
Uh, we're going to immediately do a super flex mock and get it out there as soon as these guys are all on team. So make sure to check that out. Make sure to join us. But from there, we're going to wrap it up for the week. And as we do, we're going to ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, mega feed, and get access to all the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you that option, but on the ones that do, we'd really appreciate it. Those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach and get out to a larger audience so we can involve more people in the conversation and zero in on all the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at Superflex Show. You can also send them to any one of us individually. Stompy's at FF Stompy. James is at underscore James the Brain. And I'm at Superflex Dude. We can retweet them, help you get more votes and comments, and sometimes even bring them here on the podcast and I'll analyze them. And we'll even do some uh, a little bit of trade talk if you've got some that you want to bring into the live chat during the live draft show. Uh, we can even analyze some trades then. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song, The Addiction, that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah,